Welcome to the Cricket's Sidecar, where we go a little further into a story of note with the person who wrote it. Hello, this is Chris McGinn with the Manchester Cricket, I'm visiting with Hannah Harlow of the Bookshop of Beverly Farms. Good morning, Hannah. Good morning. We're on a sleepy Friday morning, and we're talking about um, Hannah's last piece, which I loved because it sort of gets to sometimes something I think all of us have sort of our own opinions about, which is, do we have to finish the books we start? Yeah, I was of the mind that if you started a book, you had to finish it. And I operated that way for many years. And then at some point, I, my, it was probably a dozen years ago now, when my, you know, to read pile was massive. And I, you know, I, I was reading for work. I had all these books to read for work and I couldn't do it. I mean, it was just right. impossible to right. finish all these books. And I realized that life is way too short. And if I don't love this book, there's no reason for me to torture myself and finish it when I could be reading a book I love. Totally. And there are plenty of books I love out there and like, I'm not gonna be able to get to them all. There's right. just, it's impossible. Sadly, sadly. That's interesting because I, I used to kind of hold myself to that standard. Like I started it, I have to finish it. Or I would work with the idea that maybe it'll get better. Well, I think that's part of the problem is that you're like, well, what if I, if I stop now, what if it's, you know, two pages later, that's when it really gets good or that's when the twist happens or that's when I'm suddenly going to love it. And I've certainly persevered through books and I've got to the ending and I was like, whoa, now I love that book. That had an amazing ending. And I'm actually trying to think of one for you. It's, I think it's called True Story. Okay. And I was sort of like, this book's okay. I don't really get it. And I read the last page and I thought, now I get it. Uh. And it made it worth it. But, you know, if I hadn't have made it, would my life have changed drastically? Probably right. not. Right. I mean, now I'm glad I read it, but. Perhaps there's a difference, though, between when we're reading just truly for pleasure, in which case you should put it down if it's really not working. There are the books that we all sort of feel like we should read. You know, Anna Karenina. Like, I, you feel like I'm going to finish it because I want to have read this. So perhaps there's that difference. But maybe not. I mean, maybe it's just about really thinking about why we're reading. Yes, totally. Right. And I, yeah. And then also, if it's a book you really feel like you want to read for just cultural currency or whatever, maybe you have to read it for a class, in which case, right. obviously, you should persevere. Yeah. You should read that book. <laughs> Even though you can go online yes. and get by just fine yeah. without reading it. <laughs> but, like, yeah, maybe... You try to get the audiobook instead and read it while you're taking a walk. Right. So, right. you know, I think there are different ways to consume books these days. That's mm -hmm. very true. I know that watching the movie doesn't count, though, <laughs> which I think my kids have taken a pass at more than once. And I'm like, nah, I don't think so. But, but that's Probably good. Probably not for English class. Not but. so much. Let me ask you a question, though. So I know that because with work, it was impossible for you to continue to finish all the books. Would you continue to allow yourself this sort of not finishing pass if you were just reading for pleasure? Same thing? I think even more so. Ah, perfect. I perfect. mean, for work, I felt responsible. I mean, I was mostly responsible to the company. Right. But I felt responsible to these authors who had spent often years of their lives crafting these books. And I was very conscious of that. So even if I didn't finish a book, I still tried to 
you know, give them everything I could right. to, I was in marketing, so to okay. give them a marketing campaign that was worthy of the work that they had done. And I think I was able to do that without finishing a book, um, right. which was easier with nonfiction. You kind of understand what the book is about. I think fiction's harder because, yeah. you know, fiction, you really, a lot happens down the line. So right. You often you have to finish predict. it, yeah, yeah, in order to, like, really know who the customer for that book is, who the right reader is. Right. I mean, it is quite something that I know I even do this. When I walk through the front door, I feel like I could ask you about most of the books in your shop, and you, would, you would have something to say. And well, there are a lot of books here. I can tell you literally about it almost every book in the store and I'm often telling people about books and they'll be like, Oh, you read it? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I do have this compulsion to honesty. That's value. That's but good. I do feel like I understand the book because I've worked with books for so long. Oh yeah. And I, but I do feel like I understand what this book is and who the reader is. And you made the decision to put it in your shop, which is one of right. the most, again, I'm always saying this, but I love, the size of this store, because it's also, you can come in here with the understanding that you have considered, because it is smaller, each and every book that's here has been considered. And totally. that that's a wonderful space to be in. It yes. makes it more personal. It does make it so that you would clearly be able to speak to them because you chose to put them in your store. Well, and that's totally it. And I have people who, who hold up a book and they'll say, is this any good? Mm. And I'm like, Tricky. if I chose to carry it in this store, I think it's good. That's good. Of course. Yeah. No, that's a terrible book <laughs> that no one should read right. for twenty four ninety nine. That's right. <laughs> I know it's like at a restaurant if you ask what's 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 good, which right. I've never done, but I've heard it. I've seen it happen. Yes. <laughs> literally, like I'm the only. I buy. I'm the one choosing every book that we carry. We yeah. don't. I mean, there are bigger stores where you have multiple. You have a buyer for the children's room, and you have a buyer for the fiction section, and whatever. But we're small enough that. I'm buying, I'm choosing every single thing in this store. Yeah. And carefully, because yes. real estate is at a prime it here. It's at a premium. At a premium. That's exactly not a prime, a premium. <laughs> okay, last question before we sign off. What are you reading right now? Oh, I have two books going. Okay. One's not coming out till May 2022. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so these are books we cannot get, but we can no. look forward to the other ones, uh, oh, they're both coming out in May, actually. <laughs> one was coming out in February and it just moved to May. Okay. But, Are you allowed to tell us about that? Yeah. One is called Siren Queen, and I'm blanking on the author's name, which is terrible. Okay. But and she has a book out right now that's kind of a retelling of Great Gatsby. My son is reading for school right oh. now, I was noticing. And I'm going to look it up while we're, yep. while we're she, talking. Hannah's at her laptop. We're going to find out. So her name is, I, I have no idea, I'm going to totally mispronounce this. It's Ngi Vo. N-G-H-I is her first name. Okay. I don't know how to pronounce that. But she has a book out right now called The Chosen and the Beautiful. That's oh. the Gatsby retelling. And it's been um, getting great reviews. I haven't had a chance to read that one, but I'm reading her next one, which is great. It's fantasy-driven, but it's like a very interesting fantasy where like you're in you know our world but things are just like a little bit off and a little bit weird and a little bit magical um it's cool oh that sounds very cool yeah all right what's the other one um the other one is called the cherry robbers by saray walker and she wrote a book called Dietland um that i worked on when i was in publishing and i loved it 
And that was kind of this feminist, body positive novel that was turned into a TV show on AMC. Okay. So her next book, it's this gothic story partly based on Georgia O'Keeffe life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great so far. I'm only a couple chapters in, but I'm excited. And partly I'm reading for the Newburyport Literary Festival, ah. which will be taking place on April 30th. <laughs> so it feels very far away, but we're starting to book authors. Um, I help out with the prog- programming committee. So Oh, super. Okay, now I just have to ask a question because yeah. I know that this year it was marvelous because you could get so many people to participate because it was remote. Will it be remote next year? It will be, which was a tough decision that we just made. But, you know, it's an all-volunteer committee, and we were kind of looking at what other book festivals have been doing this fall, and we saw that the Boston Book Festival, they were going to go in person, and at the last minute they pivoted to virtual And we just thought, you know, as an all-volunteer committee, it's hard for us to make a last-minute pivot like that. It just requires a lot of work. And we wanted to go into it with the decision sort of made. And if we get into the spring and things are a lot different, then, you know, maybe we can plan one or two in-person events. But to know going into it that it's going to be virtual allows us to you know, do a lot of our planning early and get things locked down and, you know, have the benefit of getting authors wherever they may be. That, yeah. I, when we spoke about it last time, it occurred to me that this is maybe even forever it'll be a component, that there yes. is a virtual part and a in-person part. I mean, these are sort of the weird silver linings of COVID. Like, it's taught us to do things a different way. And sometimes it allows for more in this instance yeah. rather than less. So. Good. We can't wait. All right. Well, thank you for your time, Hannah. It's always so lovely. And we'll we'll speak with you in a week or Thanks two. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidecar. To hear more Cape Ann stories like these, subscribe to the Sidecar podcast from thecricket.com on your favorite podcasting platform.